This is a story that is making headlines today. Toronto woman is suing Uber for $5 million after she says her driver raped her. And this is an interesting story that you may have heard about um, a while back. It happened in July. And it was a big story. She is now claiming that Uber had a duty of care to get her home and safely home to her destination. And the claim alleges that the damages are in part on account of the mental and physical toll the alleged sexual assault has taken on her, including post-traumatic stress, depression, insomnia, mistrust of men, and impairment in her ability to support herself. So she was in this Uber driver's car, and it's a complicated story um, because it wasn't actually the Uber driver that she ordered, but she was in the Uber driver's car, and he sexually assaulted her, allegedly sexually assaulted her, and she now is a mess, understandably. So I reached out to Joseph Newberger, who is our 640 Toronto legal expert. And we had to talk before the show because he's a busy man. He's a criminal lawyer. He's got a lot of court cases to handle. But uh, here, here's a little bit of our conversation with regard to this case. So this is an unusual one, uh, this this case where a Toronto woman is suing Uber Canada for $5 million, Joe, because... She is suing a driver that actually she did not order on Uber. She ordered a driver on Uber. The driver got lost, so she canceled the ride, saw another driver with an Uber sign in his window, um, talked to him. He said, yeah, I'll take you home uh, if you give me cash. She got in the car with him. So now the platform isn't really involved. I mean, but what her lawyer is saying is that he believes she has a lawsuit because Uber is vicariously liable because this guy was an Uber driver, just not the one she ordered, and he was displaying a sign. Yeah, I I, I think there's liability there, even though she made a sort of a private deal with this gentleman. There is vicarious liability, like any other company who has an employee, whether it would be a, a taxi company or the TTC um, Uber has a, a duty of care to the public. They essentially hire these individuals and uh, allow them to display the Uber sign, or if it's Lyft, for example, Lyft. And as a result of that, they are liable for actions of the people who are their contractors or employees. Now, there may be some argument in this case that, in fact, he was not acting as an Uber driver at the time, but I still think that does not absolve uh, Uber of liability because when she sees, if she legitimately saw in the window the Uber sign and felt that this would be a safe way to get home because it's an Uber driver as opposed to some stranger just offering a ride, then that carries with it some meaning in law where there can be uh, liability. I think the larger issue is, first of all, proving the allegations because the criminal allegation is still outstanding. There's no trial on that yet or he hasn't pled guilty that's done and let's say the individual's found guilty then i think the more uh, relevant issue for her and uber will be what the liability and damages is so um but i think there is a, a strong case for her against uber so this is a case that depends on the other case first going to trial yeah i mean you can run uh, parallel cases if you want it's not recommended i i would expect that her civil lawyer once having launched the lawsuit right now and I'm, I'm a little surprised that they did it at this time because there's plenty of time to commence a lawsuit and to do it so publicly at this time while the criminal charges are outstanding is i think really just trying to garner public attention uh and publicity as opposed to really litigating the issue because they could have held off to see what's going to happen in the criminal case and launch the action. That would, being said, 
they can they will just stop right now the proceeding and wait to see what happens in a criminal case. Would launching a case against Uber in this situation, as far as the criminal case goes, would that help her criminal case? No, um, it, it certainly doesn't help. So if I was the defense lawyer representing this gentleman, I would look very carefully at her statement of claim. And, um, you know, one can argue that there is sometimes a financial motivation before between, you know, uh, a plaintiff and um, and a defendant or a complainant and an accused. So that certainly can be an issue that you might be able to exploit uh, in the defense of the criminal charge, because uh, normally you would want to, you know, the argument has gone now that, you know, the criminal justice system is not kind to complainants, and in fact, it's very difficult for them to come forward because they have to testify and there's so much exposure, et cetera. Well, this is certainly very public. This certainly puts the allegations out into the public realm, and she can be cross-examined on these allegations uh, in the criminal case. And, you know, a lawyer could allege that there's a financial motivation mm-hmm. uh, behind her, her criminal allegations, although I would, you know, in this case, I would find that a little far-fetched. But, you know, I, it's not something, if I was the civil lawyer, I would not be launching it at this time. Okay, but could there be an argument for the fact that she actually wasn't using the platform at the time, and that is how you order your Uber driver? Could that actually work in Uber's favor? I realize that, because they say that they screen people and they make sure that their uh, drivers are squeaky clean, and it's possible that you could screen someone and they're clean because they've never been caught doing anything illegal in the past, but... Um, don't you have some responsibility as a user of the um, platform to actually use the pr- platform in the way that it should be used? Look, we're in a new era now. So, you know, this is relatively new. And I, I think there's been very few lawsuits for something like this with Uber. There have been other Uber drivers charged criminally, but I'm not aware of lawsuits. So I think a court will have to determine that does liability flow vicariously uh, only when an individual uses the app platform in order to order the car, or does it simply flow by the fact that the person holds themselves out to be an Uber driver, and they are in fact an Uber driver? If this person was displaying signs, uh, which they just manufactured themselves, and they're not really an Uber driver, and they have no contractual relationship with Uber, then that would be a, a very strong defense for Uber. But because she did not use the platform, in my mind, does not necessarily absolve Uber of liability because he still is a contractor or an employer, however they phrase their relationship with their drivers. Um, so I think I think the issue is still there, and I think it's going to have to be litigated, and the courts will have to decide. But simply because she did not use the platform, I don't think that's a full defense to this. Wow! So this you could see this going in her favor. I could. You know, I mean, it's not unlike other cases where you have employees of, you know, public transit systems committing acts and they are vicariously liable. uh, And they also hold, uh, you know, have a duty of care and uh, they're to ensure that passengers get to their destination safely. And simply because the guy is off hours right now uh, does not necessarily mean Uber's off the hook. Um, And, you know, the danger for Uber is you're hiring individuals who are regular people who are not trained, and I'm not sure what the training is for taxi drivers or how rigorous their screening process is, but, um, and maybe it's, it's rigorous for Uber as well. Yeah. But, you know, in these instances, you always run a risk when having a business like this that you could be vicariously liable for the illegal actions of your employees or contractors, and this is one such case. I appreciate your time as always, Joe. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure.